Welcome to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, Master Certified Life Coach, Teacher, and Recovering Supermom, Tori Henderson. Hello and welcome to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. I'm Tori Henderson, and today I'll be answering the question, what do I say when my daughter says she's fat or talks negatively about her body? And here to help me answer that question is Susan Hyatt. Susan Hyatt is a master certified life coach who has helped thousands of women to transform their bodies and lives. She's the author of Bear, a seven-week program to transform your body, get more energy, feel amazing, and become the bravest, most unstoppable version of you. Susan has been featured in Cosmopolitan, Women's World, Seventeen, and Oh, The Oprah Magazine, and was a finalist for the Athena Award, honoring her work in the field of women's empowerment. Susan has gained an international following of women with her Bear podcast and online community who love her honesty, humor, and fearlessness. So who better to help me answer this question than Susan Hyatt? Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Tori. I am excited to be here. Although I did not mention you are most famous for having a cameo in my Time for the Toxic Education programs. Really? Well, I don't know if you remember back in El Dorado Hills when we were there for Mastermind. I had you record oh, a question or something. Yeah, so, that's awesome. Most famous for that, of course. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Raising those adolescents, always fun. And so here we are today answering this question, which I've actually gotten over the years many times because I teach sex education that a lot of parents kind of think that I might know how to talk about body image. Mm-hmm. and I, it is not an area of expertise for me. So I would love to hear your take on to answering the question of what do I say when my daughter says she's fat? I always start with asking them to say more because the word fat can mean many different things. When, when a young girl or woman says I'm fat, that's typically an invitation for conversation because they're feeling less than confident. And unfortunately, in our culture, I mean, kids, that's like the ultimate insult with little, smaller, younger people. Like, you're fat. And there's a whole culture of fat phobia in our society. And it's interesting because my daughter's generation, they're really reclaiming that word and saying, like, why is fat an insult? You know, and the obesity epidemic actually since the 80s has tripled when we started the whole war on obesity. It's actually tripled. It hasn't helped. And so pushing against the word fat doesn't help. And so when a young woman says that, I always want to know what does she mean? So is she trying to get you to say, no, you're not? Or is she, is there something else going on? And so what I would caution parents about is don't immediately jump into like, like fat isn't necessarily a horrible thing. And so exploring that with them, like, well, why do you say that? And, And what's happening? And what are you thinking about the word fat? And asking them to explain to you what they mean. I see. And, so, and or you can say like, well, so what? I'm fat, so right, what? 
Right. Like what's, what's the big deal with that word? And typically then if you ask more questions, they'll, they'll give you more information about, well, so-and-so said my thighs are getting big or I overate or I weigh X amount of pounds more than I did last month or whatever. You'll get the whole story. Mm -hmm. And then you can start to talk to them about what does it mean to to live in the skin that you're in? What does it mean to you? How do you want to be appearing? And figuring out if there's some unhealthy views on how they should be appearing in the world. So what do you think happens when, I think the natural uh, response to most moms when your kid says, you know, I'm fat, I hate my body, I'm so fat, ugly, whatever, Mm -hmm. is, no, you're not, honey. Oh, but you're beautiful just the way you are, right? Like we all, we immediately want to go into, you know, saying the opposite. Mm -hmm. But I think what you're saying is that kind of creates a resistance and a pushback against it. It it totally does because when you, because you don't have enough information and also we've been trained to think that fat is the most horrible thing you can be, which is ridiculous. There are so many worse things to be than to have some extra pounds on your body. And so when you go into like, no, you're not, you're beautiful. Mm -hmm. You're actually helping solidify in their minds that gaining weight is the most horrible thing you could be because my mom is denouncing it. My mom is declaring that I, no, 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 honey, no, no, don't you dare think something like that. You're beautiful. And also, they don't believe you when you immediately go into, no, you're beautiful, you're perfectly made, you know, all those things. My kids would say, like, well, you have to say that, you're my mom. Right. And so when you immediately like she's not understanding me. So I just have to repeat it again and louder and like, no, you don't understand. So and says I've had look at my stomach and they'll like argue with you (laughs) for their Right. They're gonna advocate for the thing they think is horrible. Mm -hmm. And then let me tell you something else. If you agree, if you are a mom who let's say your child has gained 30 pounds and they come home from college and they're like, I'm so fat. And the mom agrees and says, like, well, let's talk about, like, let's get you moving and let's talk about Weight Watchers or whatever. Like, you can't, that's not a good plan either. What you, like, I want to encourage parents to be neutral on this topic, get more information and talk to them about confidence and, and taking care of themselves from a place of love and not jumping into this story that they have that they're fat or not. That is a no-win situation for a parent. <laughs> right. Because I think when you get into the like, well, you know, I should be thinner than I am. I should be eating healthier. I should be losing weight. I should be exercising. Mm-hmm. Then it, it kind of zaps your motivation. Mm-hmm. It's like we think that's going to motivate us to go to the gym. Like, oh, I'm so fat and lazy, but it really doesn't. It makes us want to lay on the couch and eat potato chips. Exactly. And I don't know about you, Tori, but there were plenty of times in my younger days when I would tape pictures to the fridge that were supposed to deter me from eating. Like I would put a picture of a supermodel on the fridge, like, you know, like don't, don't go in the fridge because this is your goal, right? There's all kinds of like toxic, unhealthy things that we can get caught up in. And you're right. All that, all that deprivation and that negative toxic thinking towards ourselves just snowballs. It leads to more eating, overeating, more laying on the couch at the complete opposite of, of what a human body needs. And then it just compounds the situation. Then we're like, see, I am fat and lazy. 
Right. Yeah. We'd like to be right. Mm -hmm. I can remember being 14 and in high school, we had this vanity room with all this, like this wall of mirrors. And right after lunch, all the girls would pile in there, put their makeup on. Mm -hmm. I can remember one day we're standing around facing the mirror and one girl looking at her reflection, she's saying, I hate my nose. And the next girl says, I hate my hair. And the next girl says, I hate my lips. And it went all the way around the room and it got to me and I hadn't learned how to hate on my body yet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was still 14. My mom did not model that for me. Yay, mom. And uh, I just, but I had to make up something because I'm not gonna be the one person that's like, I love everything about me and my body. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? So I'm like made up something. I hate my eyebrows or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it continued on. And so I thought, phew, I'm blended in. I'm now part of the culture that hates on themselves. <laughs> Do you remember when you first learned that? And is there anything that you think as a 14-year-old you would have liked to hear or like you could have a message you could have received? Oh my gosh, your story gave me chills because what you're describing is actually what replays itself over and over and over again. Like we want this sense of belonging and we'll do and say things that are terrible for ourselves just to belong to whatever group it might be. And so grown women sitting around talking about the dangerous diets they're doing, right? It takes a lot of courage to say, actually, I'm not counting anything. Like I'm going to eat and, and love myself, right? Like that is not the norm. It's usually like, what are you doing? I'm doing paleo or what are you doing? Like I just started CrossFit, you know? And so I started on this journey when I was 11. So I received a Polaroid camera for my birthday and uh, my sister is six and a half years older than me. And we were in my bedroom and I had this box fan um, blowing our hair and we were taking pictures of each other. <laughs> I had a Beyonce fan like even then. And I remember my sister took a picture of me and then she was trying to get it to develop quickly. She was holding it over a light bulb and blowing on it. And then she looked at it and she went, oh! and I remember being like, what? And she said, oh my God, your thighs are getting big. And I rem- I even remember what I was wearing. It was this little JCPenney outfit that was like lavender and white striped. And I remember looking down at my legs, my thighs, and and having just waves of shame like, oh my God, I'm walking around and something's wrong and I didn't even know it. I was embarrassed. And I, I remember just internalizing it and thinking, well, she's my big sister. She must know. Mm. Um, and that then started this trajectory of like, I need to diet. I need to look different. I need to shrink myself. And I think at that age or at 14, at any point, I would have loved to have heard like your, first of all, your gifts and talents, you're more than your appearance. I think girls and women are trained to believe that our external appearance is our commodity in the world and that our power comes from how attractive we are to the male gaze. And so we're always in this competition with one another for the male gaze and we never learn to collaborate. And so I would have loved to have heard, you're fine as you are. And guess what? you have a lot more to offer the world than just thin thighs. Like, you're right. And so I just gave a talk right before you and I got on this podcast. My, the Silver Fox talked me into speaking to his Rotary Club, uh-huh. which is mostly older men. 
And so I spent the morning trying to figure out how to talk about this in a way to engage them because, you know, I'm like, man, what right. I normally say is not going to land. Female so, empowerment and all. Right, right. So I, I asked them, like, do you have a girl? Do you know a young girl that you love? Either a daughter, a granddaughter, a niece, whatever. And every, you know, everyone in the, in the room raised their hand. And I said, my challenge to you is to compliment them on something other than how they look because we want to go, oh, you're so pretty. Look at this little princess. You're so beautiful, which is fine, but you've got to mix it up and also say, you know, I love how smart you are. I love how artistic you are. That was such a kind thing you did today in church or on the playground or, you know, I really love your questions about that. You're so curious. That's so amazing. And teaching young girls that their value in society is beyond how thin they can get. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I would have loved to have heard that. I also would have loved to have heard, hey, guess what? There's this whole industry designed to keep you thinking something's wrong with you. A $60 billion industry designed to keep you thinking something's wrong with you and don't believe it and don't buy into it. Yeah, I think with teenagers, right, they have this natural rebellious streak. Mm -hmm. So if you give them something to push back against, like, you know, yeah. yeah, that's exactly what the culture wants you to think. And you know what? It's designed to keep you small mm -hmm. so that you don't use your voice and you don't like do big, bad, wonderful things in the world. Like, we want you to be a big, bold, brave version of yourself. And the best way to do that is to make you focus on your thighs. <laughs> exactly, right? A diet teaches obedience. That's it. Right? So, oh, I never thought of it that way. That's oh. all, right? So do you want to be obedient Ooh, or do like you want to shake some stuff up, right? And and also for teenagers, it's like, listen, all that time and energy that you're spending counting and weighing and obsessing and ruminating is time that could be spent channeled into stuff that's actually going to make your life better and make an impact on the world. And so, it, you know, the other thing I said to Rotary was like, you guys meet regularly about the economy of this community. You're very interested in growing the economy of this community. And the fastest way to grow any economy is to empower girls and women, because we are 83% of of dollars spent in the consumer industry, all right? And mm -hmm. if we're not focused on dieting, we're creating businesses, we're doing things that are gonna grow any economy. So yeah, for teenagers, it's like, listen, they want you to be quiet, they want you to be distracted. And why do they want you to be quiet and distracted? Because an empowered woman in the patriarchy is a dangerous woman. And if we have any hope of closing that, pay gap before 2056, it's going to be by disrupting the pattern of dieting. Wow. It's <laughs> a bold statement and I love it. Mm -hmm. And I love that thinking about like, you can be obedient or you can do things your own way. And yep. I think that would re really resonate with a lot of teenagers too, mm -hmm. when they can kind of see like advertising and media and just the culture and go on Instagram and look at all this skinny pictures and beautiful pictures and be like, yeah, you could spend 90% of your free time focused on that. Mm -hmm. Or you could go save the turtles, <laughs> you know, which is my right. daughter's big passion, Aww, saving the turtles. I love that. She refuses to use plastic straws. And now all her friends are like refusing to use plastic straws. And she's cutting them up. If she they do use them, she takes them home and she Aww. slices them so they don't get stuck in their noses. Like, what's more important? You know? I love her. And yeah, <laughs> right? Like, 
There are so many causes. There are so many things that we can do to expand our lives instead of, you know, I always say we need to focus on wage gap, not thigh gap. Mm. And, and I think that, you know, one of the things that parents can also encourage their, their kids to do is to take a look at their social media news feeds and pay attention, ask them to pay attention to how they feel when they're scrolling and to curate their news feeds feeds in a way that feels empowering. So all shapes and sizes, all ages, you know, things that are going to feed you instead of deplete you. Right. What's your mental diet that you're feeding your brain and how helpful is that? So one of the things I do on my podcast is I answer a question I call it like the parent education answer. Like, what do I say? Okay, here's the information. Here's what you say. Mm-hmm. But then I go into the life coaching. It's like, what gets in our way from saying those things? Why is it so hard for us to communicate this? And so like sometimes moms will send me this message. They'll say, what do I say? You know, she's criticizing her body. Mm-hmm. What do I say to her? And then we say, okay, we'll tell her that be loving, kind, point out all our other things. What gets in our way from doing that? Parents, what gets in the way of the parent? Parents, yes. From, mm-hmm, well, because, moms because moms, right? Because almost a hundred percent of women in our culture have been steeped in diet culture since birth. And so there's a lot of like my sister saying to me, your thighs are getting big, right? She's no villain. She was dealing with her own, you know, diet culture stuff she had absorbed and just Mm -hmm. passing it along. And I think most moms want something different for their daughters, but they don't necessarily believe it for themselves. And so it's hard for them to then advocate for that. And so the thing that I would say to them is you can do this work together. You can be honest with your daughter and say, you know what? When I was your age last week, I did the same thing. I was scrolling on Facebook and saw my friend on the beach and I was ripped with envy because I thought that's not possible for me or I wish I looked like that. And here's what I'm telling myself. So I think it can become a bonding thing, not Mm. to say like, Let's let's commiserate and wallow in our self pity together, but more like let's work together to tell each other something different. Because I don't want to be an obedient woman. I don't want to be a woman who wastes her time pinching her fat in the shower and getting dressed a million times and then staying home because nothing fits right or makes me look skinny enough. Yeah. Let's be women who have stories, not regrets. I love that. And because one of the things I think works well when you have teenagers is when you kind of humble yourself. (laughs) And instead of you being this authority that has all the answers and tells them what to do, that doesn't tend to work as well when they turn into adolescents. So when you can go through a growth journey of your own, because they're in a major growth journey at 12, 14, whatever, if you can do the same and say, you know what? you have listened to me criticize my body for the last 12 years. Like, how about we figure this out together? Because I noticed now that you're doing it, I don't like hearing it. It doesn't feel good to me. You know, it doesn't matter if you're fat or not fat. It doesn't matter if you're ugly or not ugly. I don't like hearing you criticize yourself because I love you. Mm -hmm. And boy, that must have been really hard for you to listen to me do that and watch me uh, obey the culture and, you know, sacrifice and my pleasures, right? Like when it comes to eating and being on a diet, it's like restriction and, you know, trying to follow some rules. You've probably been listening to me do that for years. And so let's figure this out together of how do we love on each other? I'll give you a compliment. You give me a compliment that has nothing to do with our bodies. 
am I still a good mom even though I have extra weight on my body? Mm-hmm. And maybe kind of like like you said, doing it together and using it as an opportunity to bond. Yeah. And I really feel like with teenagers in particular, what you said is so true that if they think you're trying to be the authority or they think you're trying, like you're, you're lecturing them about feeling positive about their bodies, they're not going to listen and they're not going to take it on. But if you are collaborating, having a conversation that's an invitation instead of a chiding them, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're much more likely to talk through it. And I know I've done this well, and I've done this terribly over the years. I've, you know, I'm certainly, no, you know, not a hundred percent great with all the conversations I've had, but I will say that over the years, it's been interesting just when you think your kids aren't paying attention and absorbing all this stuff, I'll hear them talking to their friends and I'm like, wow, you were eavesdropping when I was doing that class webinar or wow, like I think somebody's been listening to my podcast. It's much more like this isn't about having the perfect conversation. It's about opening channels of communication and it's a, it's a long game. It's not like, let me just say the perfect soundbite right now. Because you'll put too much pressure on yourself and it's not going to go well. (laughs) (laughs) And I think sometimes just submitting like, wow, like I did with this, like I don't know how to answer this question. So I'm going to call Susan. Like kind of admitting like this is an area for me that I have not really mastered and feel comfortable in. And maybe it's time I seek some outside expertise to help me figure out like, who do I want to be when it comes to my body? You know, like how do I want to feel inside my skin? Mm-hmm. And I think it comes down a, a lot of times when you're raising kids that this, I, I read in your book, it, it, you talked about it too, where it's like, how can I, I'm perfect as I am and I want to change mm-hmm. instead of thinking like, like, as we look at our kids, we're like, oh my gosh, you're so perfect in every way, but you're also a slob. And can you please clean up after yourself? <laughs> you know, like how can they be both at the same time? And I think it starts from a, we don't have that in ourselves of like, I'm perfect and wonderful and beautiful and I could stand to improve in these areas. Yeah, I think it's all, we're all just like messy works of art. And so the way I like to talk about it, it's not an either or situation, it's and. So I can love my country and recognize we have a lot of work to do on various issues. I can really love my husband and love being married to him and recognize there's stuff we need to work on. And I can love my body and decide that I want to get ripped abs, but from a place of love and peace instead of a place of punishment, right? There's nothing wrong with having goals around your body as long as they're not rooted in oppression and obedience, as long as it feels like a celebration. And that's really the litmus test. How does it feel to have that goal? Like whenever Scott and I have gone through rocky times and we've had the goal to go to therapy and work on our marriage, it's felt really good. Like, yeah, we're going to work on this and it's going to be amazing. And anytime I've like decided I'm going to roll up my sleeves and work on my business model and grow my business, it's felt really good. Not like, oh my God, I got to, you know, I got to make another whatever. And the same with body, like the way that you know if your motivation is from a healthy place or a dangerous place is how it feels in your body. Does it feel like dread? Does it feel punishing? Does it feel depleting? Or does it feel like, yeah, this is great. I feel amazing. Yeah. 
So I was just thinking, we've got, in my podcast, I do the Supermom Kryptonite, which is like a secret energy drain that you might not know is making you tired. Mm. And I'm thinking being rooted and taking action from a negative emotion would be a Supermom Kryptonite, where you're like, I'm doing everything everybody else is doing. I'm going to the gym. I'm, you know, eating healthy, but I'm rooted in fear and anxiety over, you know, what might happen where somebody else can do it. And they they go to the gym because they love going to the gym. Yeah. And they eat healthy because right. it feels good to them to eat healthy. Exactly. You just hit the nail on the head. It's like, if you are exhausted from self-care, <laughs> your self-care is rooted in negative thinking and fear and, you know, some kind of graspy energy versus, being rooted in, I am going to become a woman who just takes amazing care of herself from a place of love. And one of the things I loved in your book was you talk about moving your body Mm -hmm. for joy and pleasure and fun. So if we were to have a super mom power boost, something a mom could do just quickly today, right now to boost their energy, make them feel more fully alive, Mm -hmm. what do you think would be something that they could do to give them a boost of energy if they're feeling tired? Wow. So I always go to movement. So I'd say put on your favorite. I have a summer of yes playlist we could put in the show notes. Uh Put on a playlist that is killer and dance by yourself for five minutes. You know how when you hear certain songs, you're like, that is my jam. Um, That is a mood booster for me, for sure. I can be having the worst day and I will put on a Beyonce song and it's like, okay, game on. Let's go. My mind is back right. I am laughing because that is exactly what I do. Like if I've been working a lot or sometimes it's a celebration, like I'll get off a interview or webinar I'm really nervous about or something. And after it's over, I will go down, but I put on show tunes (laughs) and I dance in front of the mirror and full on, like I'm on a Broadway stage, (laughs) full on acting out these scenes. So I'm just cracking up because I'm like, yep, well, that's exactly what I do. I'm going to end with today's quote of the day. It isn't about the physical weight that you need to lose. It's about the mental weight that blocks you from loving yourself. Susan Hyatt. So if you want to hear more from Susan Hyatt, what do you think would be a good thing if moms and daughters wanted to open up this conversation and, you know, kind of create this bond over it? What do you think would be a good step for them to take? So obviously buy the book. And you can go to letsgetbear.com to do that. But I think the very first step to opening the dialogue is just for you moms listening, say, hey, I think we've been too obedient. How about we get a little dangerous? <laughs> Rebel. <laughs> I love it. And I think you've had some things on uh, letsgetbear.com about like a mother-daughter book club that you could start in your totally. community. There are, there are so many free resources on the website. So you can download the book guide and there's um, actually a Bear Daily membership community. There's tons of information on there, free blogs. You could have your kids listen to the podcast. There's a Bear podcast. And lots of young people like to follow me on Instagram. They like my rowdiness. So at Susan Hyatt. And I get lots of direct messages from young people on Instagram that like gives me so much life. So that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Susan. Thank you, Tori. You are a delight. My pleasure. 
Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.